It's a little bit scary at times. It's like a handful of lollies, right? <laughs> <laughs> I really, really wanted a shower. It feels like a privilege to run on the train. Mate, I'm only just starting to realise what this actually takes. <laughs> There's a method to the madness. And that's when it started to get really difficult. If you're out there running ultras, you've got to crave information and knowledge yeah. on all different areas. I just pretty much slid all the way down to the bottom mm. and then there was all these rocks. Oh, 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 I'm going to be yeah, I'm going to get yeah. into trouble. Is that even humanly possible? I'm still feeling the back. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Concerning him. There was uh, one really weird bit right at the end. I'm sure this will be the most listened to podcast. Notice that. Oh, absolutely. Charismatic. Don't go Hi, and welcome to Tales from the Midpack. I'm your host, Rebecca Hunt. This is a trail running podcast where you hear stories from everyday runners, some experts, and get some race recaps. Today is an expert episode. We have uh-huh. a coach and mentor uh, to hundreds of runners over the years, Anna Liptak. Welcome to the show. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for Hi. having me. I'm very excited yeah. to talk to with you. That's good. Thanks so much for coming on. So as well as being a coach and mentor, Anna also has the business Adventure Time Travel, which gives people the opportunity to run in signature events, which we talked about recently, the um, World Majors. Um include some of those cities so you go to your company goes boston we go to new york london berlin paris i know there's more yes. than that yeah um we're hoping to get tokyo and chicago for the following years but we've got all the others so far apart from boston so we, um yeah we do do new york berlin london oh, okay. paris right, right. yeah that's great uh but today we're actually going to be hearing about training mindset about getting strong, going for goals. Um, but before we dive in, just uh, if you haven't heard, don't know Anna Liptak before, though I think a lot of people from the trail running community went to screenings of I'm not a runner, so at least know you from that. But uh, how long have you been running and what got you into running? So I started um, being a trainer 17 years ago. I really ran from when I was a child. I used to run with my mum. Um, before school um, and that was just a fun thing that I did I ran at school and I did all the events um, and loved um, all of those events during school so I was uh, probably a pretty good runner well I was a, a good runner back then and I used to run two age groups so I've always I've always I guess run but never professionally when I was um, had my second child I was um actually in event management and marketing around Australia and working in a company like that. But I was at home, I'm about to have my second child, and my husband said to me, why don't you go and study something that you're interested in while while you're at home with the kids? And I, he said, why don't you go and um, study fitness? And I was a little bit offended at, with that at first, and I said to him, I'm not going to go and work in a gym, Nick, for $20 an hour. Like I was like, oh, I'm not going, you know, like I was a bit offended. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I, I'd, I, I'd done almost three degrees at university and I, I was pretty established in the marketing and event world. Um, but anyway, I decided to take the opportunity because when does your husband let you have two nights out a week with two young children? My first child had breastfed for three years, so he was fairly attached to me and I thought, right, well, for the second child, he can get used to dad and I can go and study something that I'm interested in. So I went off to this course, um, a personal training course, and the trainers there were all a lot younger than I was and beautiful. And they did make an example of me because I was holding um, fat. And they sort of said, you know, this is a, a woman who's breastfeeding. And I was really quite offended by it all. I'd read um, and I really, that 
story. I I read that they they they're talking about yeah how you carry your weight and kind of look over here, and I just thought how mortifying. <laughs> like maybe it was really you beforehand, maybe, but geez. <laughs> yeah, it was really mortifying. Um, and I realized how vulnerable women were, mm. and I thought you know like we are really vulnerable particularly at this stage of life and really they didn't realize what fuel of fire that they were fueling to me because I thought right you wait till the end of the course in nine months time I'm going to beat all of you and I'm going to beat you all in the beat test and you know and anyway so it gave me a bit of um oomph really and um to sort of turn around and say well take that and I did beat them at the end of the course and it also uh gave me an impetus to start something for women um to show women that it's okay, we're fine, and give them a bit of me time. So I, I knew at that time my time was very limited. That hour that I went to the course was my time. So I, I decided to um, send out a little flyer in my little community, which is in South Australia, um, around the Holdfast Bay Council area. And within two weeks I had 40 women signed up. Within That's four like weeks a I had drop? a letterbox drop. A flyer, was it just, yeah, going around the letterboxes? Awesome. Yeah, it was letterbox. 40 people from that. That's huge. Yeah. yeah, so that's the way it used to happen 17 years. There was no Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then um, within another two weeks, I had another 40 people signed up. So I realised there was a market there that were like me singing out for someone to help them, someone to so that you weren't vulnerable in a park and alone and that you, you didn't have to train indoors and you didn't have to be around people who specifically had, um, you know, well, we're a little bit intimidating, like I was intimidated when I went to the course. Anyway, so that led on to me training people. Mm-hmm. And within that time I um, of starting to train people, I realised lots of people's focus was on weight loss. And I really wanted to divert, divert that attention of weight loss to actually empowering people with um, what their bodies were achieving because they were achieving these wonderful things, but they weren't actually recognising them because it wasn't actually transposing on the scales, but they were getting so fit. So I started encouraging all of us including myself to enter events like the city bay um and things like that and all of a sudden people started celebrating what they were achieving um and with that came uh, weight loss because they weren't just looking at the scales every day and then giving up they were actually looking at a long-term view of a goal um and we were all celebrating it no matter what time we did it wasn't about the time it was that we could do it um, and that we could run now run to buses and we could now get away from a potential someone who was actually coming to hurt us or anything. We, we, were, we were getting strong. And um, so as a group, we became stronger and stronger. And I guess from that, so his and her time then came about because the men, the partners of many of the women started to realise that these women were getting fit and strong and they wanted a part of it too. So I started his time. And then from that, um, because I was setting people's goals and these goals were getting bigger and we we're taking people overseas. So we did the Vanuatu Round Eye Little Relay, um, the Great Wall of China Marathon. We started Adventure Time Travel, which now takes people over the world um, to be involved in the biggest marathons in the world. And there's only, I think, four or five companies that can actually take people in Australia. Um, so that's been a really uh, a long term. We started uh, taking people to overseas in 2009 and we're still trying to knock down doors to become the, because you have to be an approved international tour operator. So, and from that, I um, have now run 34 marathons myself. So it keeps me fit and healthy. Um, and I've met people and I train people from all over the world now because um, COVID hit and Adventure Time Travel went down and, um so then we started training people online so we've got online programs as well for people as well 
Fantastic. Just from, yeah, humble beginnings, that just rocking up to a course, give it a go. That's an incredible incredible U-turn around in your life. Um, totally. And I never expected that I would never not go back to work. I do yeah. work. I work all the time, ask my husband, because, <laughs> but I actually love what I do. You know, I absolutely am passionate about um, giving people um, the empowerment to know that they are strong enough to do things so and that's where the movie I'm not a runner came about because I was experiencing and seeing these wonderful transformations of people who'd never ever exercised before um and turning around and running marathons like the New York Marathon which is what the movie's about um um from nothing from humble really humble beginnings from people who with their mindset like you're talking about Rebecca really thought that they couldn't do something do something like a marathon because society had told them they were too big, too old, um, that they couldn't do it. But it's it's making people believe that they can and they can. So you, when you work from people from beginner to marathon runner, like this is a journey over, over years that you get to watch sometimes, um, and it, which must be incredible. But when people start as a beginner, what are some of the mindset traits that you notice are, are common to the people who see it through all the way to achieving their goal it is really interesting because they really have to they really have to commit to something and I think the bigger the commitment the uh, bigger the outcome so the more success they have so the international marathons do ensure that people because they've paid the money they've signed up um they do intuitive often people think oh I'll just start with this little goal and then this bigger goal but is it you're saying sometimes it's better to just have a big goal to start with I, I think totally because if you've got the big goal you will do the small steps before it so our program is called the small steps online marathon training program because it is small steps mm. but you need to commit to the end process but then you've got to forget about the end and just start <laughs> at the start and trust the process and it really is literally one foot in front of the other and starting off walking and trusting that program you know that that you will be able to that it's really easy. So basically the program that we've devised is actually really, really, really easy, super easy that people throughout the whole program are always going, am I doing enough? Am I? And we're like, yeah, it's supposed to be easy. And then all of a sudden they're running their victory lap, which yeah. is the marathon 12 months later. And they're like, wow, that was fantastic yeah. process. And I didn't think I could do it, but it was just doing it step by step and, and being consistent. Um, and I think one of the biggest things is involving the people, the support system around you. Like we really are who we surround ourselves with because if you're surrounded by people who are who is telling that you can't and that they, they put up walls or barriers that you can't do it because you've got to look after the kids or whatever, it's going to be a very difficult journey. But if you can involve people into your journey and tell them what you want and why it's important to you, they will enable you to do it too. Yeah. So. There's yeah. lots of it, lots of thoughts into it, but it is your mindset and then allowing people into your world of why you want it and why it's important to you. If it's not important to you, Rebecca, as you know, it's not going to happen. You, you know, there's going to be, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, you know, there's always other things that will get in the way. There's there's injuries that will come a cropper. That, there will also be people, you know, you'll get sick. Uh, chances are something will happen within your family um, over that year. So there's lots of obstacles that you have to get get over. So it's, and I think that's the biggest, the best quote that I've ever heard is from Jessica Trengrove. And it was, it's never a straight line to a marathon. So, you know, it can be quite a straight line to a 5K, a 10K event, but to a marathon, it's 
you know, there's lots of uh, obstacles that you have to overcome and that's where the mindset comes in. If your mind will allow you to get over those little humps and hurdles, then you will continue to get there. Yeah. And on the opposite end, when you get new people coming in, are there any mindsets that seem common to the people who tend to disappear? You know, so there's there's things about your personality that are, are helpful for success. Are there any that are unhelpful? Yeah, and I, I guess it's that um, doubting mind, um, the one that puts up the obstacles for you, um, the one that tells you you can't, um, tells you all the reasons why um, it's not going to work for you. Um, and I guess if you listen to that voice and if I listen to that voice, there's no way in the world that I would have done what I've done because there's been certainly a lot of um, times in my life where I've had two young kids all the time along um, while I've had my two businesses and run 34 marathons, that I would not have got to where I could. So, yes, there's definitely, but those those mindsets can change. So there are people who you look at and go, right, this is going to be a really long journey. But if they really want to get to a marathon, they still will. It's the mindsets of the people who don't really want it then it's not worth even setting yourself up for it because you've really it is a big goal yeah really really when you have those people in front of you saying you know I can't because that like they're putting up the barriers um what do you tend to say to people like that and even just for people who they're not the ones saying it to themselves sometimes it's other people in their lives telling you you're too old you're too whatever like what what's tends to be the response to those negative voices? Well, we all have those negative voices. So that doesn't just, that's not just one group of people. Every person's got that negative voice. So it it, it basically is sitting down with somebody right from the very start and getting them to write down why this goal is important to them. Why, why do they want it? And why is it important? And then setting up a goal that's big enough for them to actually want to get there. So I've had people who've, who, you know, have committed. Let's say I've had 10 people commit to I'm in Adelaide, the Adelaide Marathon, and I've had 10 people commit to the New York Marathon. Yep. 100% of those people will get to the New York Marathon, 100%. I reckon 10, maybe 20% will get to the Adelaide Marathon. The bigger the goal, the more investment, financially emotionally physically from everybody else the bigger the success yeah because if I commit to the New York Marathon and so does my husband and we put in the money he's going to help me get there too but if it's the Adelaide Marathon and it's just in our own state and it's I've got kids and everything else there's going to be a lot more obstacles to get there so I I am a big believer the bigger the goal the more success that you have if someone says to me, I'm not really sure, I can't do this, I can't run, I can't, I will say to them, well, what do you want to do? Like, because really the bread and butter is the first 5Ks. Yeah. So you have to get the 5K as your foundation. Yeah. You can't just keep moving up very quickly. So you have to spend time in that 5K, 10K realm. It's like a building. If it's not strong, the foundation's not strong, it's going to fall over very, 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 very quickly. So the first six months is really dedicated to that first six months, uh, the, the 10K. So it's a really slow, steady process. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not like it's, oh, my God, I have to run 32 kilometres in four months because it's certainly not. 
So it's it's stepping it through with people nice and slowly and gradually so that, that it's easy um, and so that they are constantly believing in themselves and constantly succeeding. Yeah, yeah. Another uh, big one that comes up often is uh, my knees are no good or that fear of I'm going to hurt my knees if I get into that. It seems to be a really big fear for people. Um, and so what do you say to people who are afraid of their body breaking down if they because I think it's in people's head on oh, marathon equals kind of wrecked body <laughs> which uh, isn't necessarily the case but how do you deal with that fear that people beginners have De- definitely to um, bring in health professionals yeah. and have a health assessment so having a physio uh, do an assessment physically of, yeah. of you so that they work with you the entire time. I have um, different physios and I have different people who work with me because certainly it is a toll on the body. Um, but my knees are good as gold and I've run 34 marathons plus, plus, plus because of all the training. Um, it's straight. It's not It's not like you're playing netball or basketball and you're having to twist and turn. Um, so it, it, it really depends on your body and trusting your body slowly it is a big thing about trusting your body um, and believing in your body. So it is um, a gradual process and definitely bringing in the health professionals to help you get yeah. to those goals because it's really running for me is not just about running, it's the strength training. If you don't have the strength, so one of the things that sets us apart from running groups, when I say us, that's the training groups that I do with his and her time and um, adventure time travel and the online programs is that we do strength training. And it's really interesting when we not go up against, but when we, we look at our results to a running groups results, we'll always be faster, but that we haven't run as much, but we've done a lot of strength training. So strength training is really important, particularly for beginners, particularly for people that haven't run before. Um, it's essential to um, build that strength in the quads and the hamstrings, um, glutes, core, chest. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's what you're taking on when you start training is that that you commit committing to a whole program. It's not just about running. Yeah. How much do you get them doing? Like twice a week kind of thing or? Um, in the beginner's program, it's three times a week and it's 30 minutes and they basically start off walking. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what you're saying there. Oh, uh, is this training? At first, it's it seems yeah. so but just build slowly, it, slowly. Yeah. And it's simple. So people are like, well, this is simple. Well, it is simple. It's just that you have to get out the door and yeah. be consistent. Lots of people just, just don't start. So simple. <laughs> so simple. Just get out the door, walk, get your shoes on, walk out the door, and that's it. Commit 30 minutes, three mm-hmm. times a week. So we've got 166 hours in a week. Mm-hmm. You're committing to an hour and a half of that. Mm-hmm. So if you can't find an hour and a half, um, and I get people to do an exercise at the start or when I start coaching them, is to break that 166 hours into what they do weekly. And most people can fill 120 hours, and that includes sleep and showering and um, working around about 120. So we've got 44, 46 hours that are usually wasted hours that we can't actually know where that's going. So even the busy, busiest, busiest people actually have an hour and a half um, to commit to if that they're motivated. If they're motivated. 
what are some of the um social barriers that that get in the way um like I, I think part of your story when you were beginning was like someone yelled at you while you're running out at night something about what are they called? give it up Give it up, Jig Along. Yeah, give it up, Jig And there he was with his beer commenting <laughs> on me. Um, and he was probably, yeah. he's probably, you know, very unfit, maybe even, um, yeah, maybe even not here with us today. You know, he wasn't very yeah. healthy looking. But, like, there's a, yeah, there's a few, like, social things, other people's opinions, um, the way certain groups get treated. Like, what are some of the social barriers you found that your clients have to overcome to push through their training and get reach their goals yeah I guess we've all been told stories you know since we were younger and we we fit into those stories so it might be oh you're you're big you can't do that or you're too slow you can't do that or you're you you're not you're not coordinated enough so you know we've got these very strong stories of ourselves in our head um I'm even told today that I'm not a runner that's where the movie came from I was told by a runner who is a professional runner that I was not a runner and that I was embarrassing myself by putting myself on as on Facebook as a runner, even though I'd run 30 marathons or 20 marathons and I was coaching people. And I was told to give it up, that I was ridiculous, that I was seriously not a runner. And this person was a sprinter um, and a, a semi-professional sprinter a long time ago and was commenting on me. And I thought, well, bugger you. I, how yeah. dare you tell me I'm not a runner? I've run 20 marathons. Go and f- yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't stop then because I did, I did, it did make me think, well, perhaps I am not a runner. Like, but what I was doing was empowering people to do something positive. How can that be a bad thing? Um, so from the perception that, you know, running is a certain speed. And if you're not, Yes. whatever magical speed they have in their head then you're not running is that and this person at? certainly couldn't run a marathon at my speed <laughs> you know in some of the marathons I've done I'm, I'm in the top five percent people in the world you know like but that doesn't matter I've done slower marathons and fast marathons it doesn't really matter where it fits but yeah. fancy telling someone to stop doing something when they're doing something so positive for themselves and this person is actually a pretty close person in my life um, and that's what I thought. And I thought, right, I'm going to make this movie and it's going to be called I'm a Runner because how dare you tell me? Because if you're telling me, then that's you're telling thousands, 90% yeah. 90% of people that they can't run. How dare you yeah. tell me that? You know, it upset me so much. So we made a movie, I'm Not a Runner. <laughs> and it's to just to, to spite this person as well because we're constantly being told these things, all of us. And how dare someone stop someone doing something? And how dare, you know, so I think if, you know, as you can see, it's really churning me up again, (laughs) that if someone feels like that, then what they should do is something positive back. They shouldn't, what I don't want people to do is be shot down and hide. You know, we've had people come past us at training and they start laughing at us doing push-ups and, you know, people who are drunken people just walking down the beach and they come to come and try and do push-ups with us they can't even do them and then they look like a joke and we're, you know so I think if you can sort of over over bear these people and just go well that's your life you're negative you move on don't do things with your life I'm moving on now I've run 34 marathons I've trained thousands of people I've got a business that takes people around the world to marathons all around the world 
this person has told me I'm not a runner. Well, now what would they say to me? You know, seriously, you don't have to be professional. We don't have to be professional. We don't have to win marathons to enjoy our bodies and celebrate um, exercise and health because ultimately for me it's health. It's living a long, healthy, happy life, and that includes running, walking. I walked the New York Marathon, walked around it with my mum, um, which was one of the best things I've done in my life. And that was um, in the movie I'm Not a Runner. Yeah. She's since passed, and now I've got a record on online on you know that we did that together. And it didn't matter to me that we did it in seven and a half hours. I don't care if someone says to me, "Oh, well, you're not doing it really." And that was another thing. We had our family sit down with my mum, and they were sort of all laughing at her, have you know, doing a marathon. And I looked at all of them, and I was like, "Well, if I was going to choose one person in the room to do a marathon with." I'm choosing my mum, you know, because seriously, none of you actually realise the enormity of what she's doing at 73. Yeah. So, you know, like I think what you what people need to do is choose goals that suit them and then not listen to people because if we listen to people, the most successful people in life don't listen to anyone. They just keep plugging along and doing it. Yeah. And that's why there's only 5% successful because everyone's trying to bring people down all the time to bring them back to them because they don't like looking in a mirror. And if the mirror changes on them, say they want to bring it back to normal. No, no, you don't do that. Like, but this is what we do. We go out drinking on Friday nights. You don't go running on Saturday morning. So people don't like change. And I think that's something that you were sort of coming to about the social, you know, social aspects is that sometimes with marathon running, you do have to change some of your social, social life, which is what a rewarding thing because sometimes your diet changes and your social changes and you know you have to get get up early if you're like me and you had kids at home that you, you have to get up before they go so things change and they and that it's a wonderful thing and and you meet new people and um yeah and you become part of a very positive supportive group of people too so it opens your doors to lots of lots of positivity if you can get past yeah, that yeah. negative voice in your head and and the negative stories that people tell you as well. Yeah, and get rid of those negativity yeah. people. You know that that person who told me I'm not a runner. Well, they they're, they're yeah. gone. <laughs> so don't worry about trying to get some uh, good shoes or good clothes. What you really need to start running is some self belief and maybe even a little bit of psychological understanding that when people speak to you negatively in that tearing you down kind of way. It, often is just a projection of their own fears and insecurities and if you know that then it becomes a little bit easier to go oh forget what they say um perfect that yeah. perfectly said Rebecca absolutely <laughs> that's, it. that's it in a nutshell totally yeah. yeah um so you talked you mentioned before that you get people outside so often people think you know some personal training they think as you said going in a gym that kind of one-on-one but you're very big on getting people outside out of being you know stuffed in an indoors gym so what do you see as the benefits of being outside for your training fresh air yeah fresh air is um major you know it's really great for your health you feel so much better when you've got fresh air um it's uh an environment that changes so it's it's changeable, it's interesting, you can use different locations, you can have different views. Um, so uh, I don't think you can beat fresh air and getting outside the walls. You know, most of us spend a lot of time inside in 
constructed environments with air conditioning. Um, having fresh air uh, sets you up for such a positive uh, day and you know you've had some, you know, you've been outdoors. So I train right through winter um, and I have met loads of people that come with me outdoors in winter because you're experiencing the elements all the time instead of being protected by them. And I think that's a really important part. Um, and, um, yeah, I just love the outdoors. If I'm indoors, I'm sort of looking at the watch. If I'm in gym, okay. going, oh, when's this finishing? When's this yeah. finishing? Whereas outdoors, I've got so much more stimulation. Yeah. So it's a little bit also resilience building. Like we have very, as you said, safe, monitored, con- climate-controlled lives. But you got to be, if it's foggy, if it's raining, if it's a bit muddy, it's like, oh, well, let's go. We're doing it. Yeah. And- <laughs> And you experience it and it and it makes you stronger. Mm. Um, and you need to be strong to run a marathon because it's not going to be indoors with air conditioning. Yeah, It's going to be outdoors and you never know what you're going to experience. So some days you come back and you've been fighting against the wind or um, <laughs> elements or rain and you, you'd never do that. So when I go, you know, through winter and I see people outdoors, I know that they've got a goal because, yeah. you know, there's some days that you look at people and go, you've got a goal because there's no way that you'd be here otherwise. But the experience you have, like I, I, one of my best experiences was running down to Semaphore one morning. It was like we had to go at 1 o'clock in the morning, my running partner and I, because we both had very young children. And I was taking a session at 6 o'clock in the morning down at um, uh, Semaphore, Lags Bay actually. And so we, I think we left at 3 o'clock in the morning. So I was up at 1 having a bath and, you know, getting myself ready for this long run, which was 30-odd Ks. But we ran through. um, It was magnificent. It felt like we were in a movie. We had hailstorm. We had wind. We had rain. I still remember it. I can remember even the sheet of rain where it started. And on one side it stopped and on the other side it was raining. So you could go back and forth, like through actual line. And, you know, being under the stars, um, no one out there. Look, it's it's yeah. incredible and it's it's so magical. Um, and um, so I absolutely love that and really do encourage it. But I do know some people, you know, you need to be indoors because you've got um, kids asleep so you get on the treadmill. You know, there's no excuses not to do things too. Yeah. Uh, I'm always very honest about what's going on. Um, so I did have the little disaster. Yeah. Uh, I recorded the podcast with Anna Liptak in two parts and the second part didn't save um, so we are here a couple of weeks later doing part two. <laughs> so thank you for being so giving of your time. That's that's super. That's awesome. fine. And I did send you the uh, my memory of your answers, which I thought was quite funny because you got to see how much I actually listened. Um, not just there nodding, going mm-hmm, uh-huh. uh huh. <laughs> so that was good. Um, Very impressed that you weren't asleep, Beck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and looking where we got up to, I was asking about um, being outside. Um, my question was being outside means you got the dark, you got the cold, you've got passers-by who stare at you, and that can really put a lot of people off. And just asking what are some of the strategies for dealing with these things that can become excuses uh, not to head out? Yeah, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is that we all think about ourselves too much. And actually, no one else thinks about us very much. <laughs> so the people that you think are staring at you when you run aren't actually thinking about you. They're probably thinking about them and why they're not running yeah. um, because they're all dealing with their own inside voices rather than 
thinking about you. Um, so that's that's the number one thing. I always think, well, no one actually really cares about me, no matter what I look like. So um, I'm doing something for me. Um, the dark can be an issue. So, yeah, I agree with that one. I um, navigate that by running with other people. Um, and some people get very scared of that because they think they can't run and they, they're holding people up. So, you know, you can you can match up with someone else who's just starting out and um, once you commit to someone, fully commit to them because once one of you um, doesn't come, the trust is, uh, dissipates very quickly and then it's very easy for you to give an excuse next time and then all of a sudden that relationship's over. So it's a, it is a commitment when you commit to someone. So I, I fully, um, you know, implore you to... Uh, seek someone out, but then totally commit to them. And also commit to yourself um, once you make a commitment to um, heading out the door maybe twice a week. And it's only 30 minutes each time maybe. So that's an hour out of your 166 hours in a week, which I think most people could find um, that one hour if they really, really navigated it. Um, and like I said, you know, there is um, a way of doing that, looking at your 166 hours and breaking that down into the the you know, different compartments of work, kids, dressing, showering. And, and most people can get up to about 120 hours, but they can't feel the other 40. So that's a really interesting thing to do. Um, the cold, yes, the cold is uh, cold for about five minutes until you get warm. Um, and then you actually really, like for me, if I don't step outside the door and get that fresh air, I feel really caged in. You know, we're, all of us are in heating most of the day um, and we are extremely lucky where we live um, in um, the Western world particularly. Um, so being outdoors for that half an hour for me or hour is fantastic. And when I have to face the wind and the rain, I actually really, you know, like it. So I think that voice in your head, once again, changing that voice to a positive thing, right, well, I've been outside today, I've got my fresh air. Fresh air is really important for your mental health, um, your vitamin D, vitamin D you get from even cold days as well. Um, and it's just um, it's just a really good feeling. Um, so that's um, one way is changing your view on cold weather. Um, I think that might answer your question. Ben. Yeah, is there anything more in that? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, the other thing that's a big barrier, and you've mentioned that with the 166 hours, is you know people who are incredibly time poor. Um, what are some strategies you found that that works for time poor people if they're trying to fit in running training? Yeah, and I find particularly probably people with kids are really time poor. So for me to navigate that, my kids are now 20 and 18, and I started running um, pretty uh, full on probably about 13 years ago. So they were pretty young. Um, I started training when they were actually I started my business when one was two and the other one was just born. Um, and to get out that door, um, that was my first business, actually. It was called Her Time because there was actually no other time apart from that hour for everybody. So is actually carving like two or three hours into the week for yourself. And whether that's trying to get a babysitter or your mum, it's really difficult because, you know, you've got to tell people to help you. Um, but once they create a habit in their life, it also creates a habit in your life. So once again, really try and talk to your, the closest people around you, whether that be that your husband or your mum or your sister, and say, I really need you just to be at the house for this half an hour. Um, if your husband, some people's husbands don't uh, go off too early, um, perhaps you can do it before. For me, I was lucky. My husband was at home, so I'd go off before he started work. Um, and we locked that into our diary. So he knew that 
that was my day and he would uh, go to the gym on a different day. So negotiating that together. When my kids got a little bit older and they could, um, they were going off to swimming or running training or football training, I'd actually take my sneakers and do the half an hour run. And sometimes when they were playing football, I'd run around the oval um, watching the football game. So rather than just sitting there talking to other mums and dads, which is an, another uh, an important part of life is that social aspect yeah. I'd actually take half an hour to run around the oval and yes I might have looked really stupid but I was yeah. still doing it for me you know it was part it was really important for me to get that in so you know making it clear to people your loved ones how important it's to you and once they start seeing the benefits to you the benefits will go to them as well because you'll be a better mother you'll be a better person you'll be a better friend as well yeah so I've, I've heard some people have um you know, had the negative glances or little comments when they've done the exercising at a child's school sport. But I've done that before and everyone's been lovely and supportive. I haven't experienced it. Um, I think there has to be one of those, you know, you value yourself moments <laughs> and what's important to you and not worry about what they, others might say yeah I think we go through life worrying about what others think too yeah. way too much and once again people don't think about us that much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone thinks about me all day really not saying yeah. that, that in a negative way no. but you know the one person who can help me and do things for me and I can rely on is myself yeah yeah absolutely um when it comes to pacing uh time all that kind of things Women typically have words in their vocabulary like only and just, and it's not just to do with running. Um, so like if you get invited on a group run, you mentioned this just before, that feeling like, oh, I'll hold everyone back, I'm too slow. When you're working with people when they, they begin, how do you help them push through that mindset of just and only? Yeah, it's a really big thing, isn't it? I think it is... Um... You know, it doesn't just pertain to women, really. It's a it's a whole world uh, thing that we are just only. Um, I'm only running two kilometres, you know, and you're running 42. I'm like, well, two kilometres is actually further uh, faster than my 42, so I'd prefer to run 42 because I can run slower <laughs> than the two that you're about yeah. to do. So that hurts more. Um, but for someone who's just starting training, it's really for me because I've been training people for 17 years, is understanding their motivation and their purpose and why they're there. Um, and then talking to them about, you know, everyone's got to start from somewhere and small steps make massive differences over time. Yeah. So you can't expect to be the same as someone who's been training for 17 years, but you will be better than you were today if you do it today for tomorrow. So and then you'll be better again and better again and it actually builds up over time. So just being really easy on yourself and not putting expectations on yourself um, and walking is better than just being at home on the couch too. Um, lifting a weight um, is better than sitting on the couch at home too. So, you know, we've all got to start from somewhere and it's it's fine where you start from. And once again, no one else cares. So I take group classes and I really have to say to them, look, if you do two reps and someone else next to you is doing 20 reps, I can bet your bottom dollar they won't even know that you've done two. They don't care. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, they they want to support you. So in my group, it's about support and motivation. So it's it's about bettering yourself. 
So once we lose this expectation that we're not good enough, that we're not pretty enough, that we're too old, um, which the media puts out to us all the time because people want money from us, so they're selling products to us all the time. You You need need this insecure, yes. (laughs) Yeah, you need this makeup so you look better, and you need this and this because you you aren't this, and you're and so we're forever being told we're not good enough, so we're not happy. But once you lose that expectation and go right, okay, well. I want to, so I would suggest to someone to set a goal. Okay, I want to get up twice a week. That could be a goal. And I want to do that for four weeks. So put that on your wall, sign it off. And if you get up and you do 10 steps more than you did yesterday, you've won. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone has different entry levels and it's all about progress, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, if someone, you know, lots of people could tell me that I'm not a good enough runner, that's for sure, because there's thousands, if not millions, if not billions of people better than me at running, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, if this is about me and and this is my life and I want to feel good. So, yeah. you know, someone can say I'm too slow, but it's all relative, right? Yeah. Who cares? And when people work towards, so they set their goals and they work towards them, what do you find for people is the the sweeter part? Is it the achievement or is it the overcoming like I got this goal or is it more the the journey and what they had to go through to get that goal it's interesting isn't it because the goal gives you the motivation to keep on going because I had a phone call from one of my clients yesterday and she said I'm just not motivated I can't get out of bed I can't do it you know I'm feeling really bad and so she had to relook at her goals you know really why what is your purpose What's your motivation? Is it that Beck wants to get you out the door or is it that you want to do it? Because if it's only that Beck wants to get you out the door, then you're not <laughs> going to get out the door. But if it's you and you have that really strong purpose, and and I think for me as a trainer, setting goals for people really, um, I can see the difference between someone who's got a goal and a purpose yeah, um, and then someone who hasn't because they've got no purpose to get out of bed. So I think the goal is really important. But I think in the end, the journey to get to that goal is even bigger because there's so many obstacles to get over. So I take people overseas um, to marathons around the world, so London, New York, um, Berlin, and the people who go to those marathons never, ever not finish. They always finish, you know, it's 100% finish rate. So they overcome injuries, they overcome sickness, they overcome all sorts of things to get there. If it's a localised event, you can bet your bottom dollar 50% 50% might not make it. So the bigger the goal, the bigger the investment, the bigger that you get people involved, yeah. um, you will get there. But you're right, you know, you're right, Rebecca, is that it is the journey to get there because there are a lot of obstacles in, in life and, you know, no one's got a Scott 3 life. And, uh, you know, I was listening to uh, Kipchoge the other day and he, he's, he's um thing to success. And it's not success as in just a winning champion success is having a big injection of no, uh, N. So he calls it injection of N. And what the injection of N is, is being able to say no. So, you know, making sacrifices So in your life for goals yeah. and purpose. So those goals and purpose are really important. So I wouldn't underestimate that, but the journey to get there is definitely uh, uh, very rewarding and, um, you know, empowering to know you've been able to get over those obstacles. I think last time you told the story about someone who um, did City to Bay um, in one and a half hours um, and copped a bit of 
you know, you're not a runner, you should give up kind of attitude. And she's now one of the best non-professional runners in Adelaide. And I think people get very scared of their beginnings and what they're mm-hmm. initially striving to achieve. But it comes back to what you're saying about those those small steps, it's that having that focus, having that purpose, and then taking the steps that gets you there. Um, mm. Yeah, and then being proud of your achievement, not comparing it. That's really important. You can't really bask in an achievement if you're kind of going, well, it's not what blah, blah, blah did. It's yours, and you worked so hard for that. <laughs> that's right, and I, I think that's with anything, you know, whether that's just to get out to fitness sessions in the morning or whatever it is, you should celebrate it because it might might seem you know, you might be someone sitting there who doesn't do anything at the moment and you might do two sessions a week and at the end of the four weeks you go, oh, well, I only did eight sessions or I only did this, but you did a hell of a lot more than you've done in the last six months. So look, look at that and set those small goals um, yeah. and celebrate them. You're right, Rebecca, along the way. Definitely celebrate because otherwise you lose where you're at too because yeah. you don't fitness is an untangible thing as well. Um you don't actually, you can't see the results really. Well, you can in times and things, but the results are far more than just times. Yeah. Um, it's your relationships, your mental health, your health. Um, you know, there's, unfortunately, in medicine today, they we, we still just treat sick people, but we should be actually preventing people from being sick through. And the biggest form of um, preventing illness is exercise. And um, I was reading a book by uh, Dr. Peter Attica the other day and um, he describes people who don't do cardio exercise as a bigger as a bigger risk than people who smoke you know in terms of um, their uh, yeah uh, perception to um, to get sick later in life so you know it it is a really important thing um, to do um, not just for yourself personally but actually for your health if you exercise, if you go from no minutes of exercising a week to 90 minutes, um, it decreases your chances of dying from um, diseases and chronic diseases by 14%, which is quite a lot. So, That's you know, like if you can do something and not take medication, exercise is the one to do. Mm. You talk about setting a, a goal. Um, what are some of the practical parts of that? Like I assume having a good plan would definitely be part of that. And having yeah, a- looking at the end goal. Yeah. So for me, I look at me when I'm 100. <laughs> and it sounds funny, right? But this is actually yeah. my goal at 100 to be able to get up and down the stairs. I want to be able to get pick things off the floor. I want to be able to get on and off the toilet. People go to nursing homes because they can't get off on and off the t- um, toilet. And that starts at 60, would you believe? People start going to nursing homes because they can't get on and off the toilet. They can't get in and out of their car. So for me, and at 100, I want to be able to walk and I also want to ride a bike. Now, for me, Rebecca, I haven't got a bike at the moment. So that, for me, is my Christmas present is to get a bike because if I want to be riding at 100, I need a bike now. Yeah. So um, and to get it up and off the floor seems easy. But I tell you what, when I do that in my exercise classes, people roll their eyes at me because it's actually quite a difficult thing as we get older. So we've got to do all these things, you know, so squats are really important. Mm. Um, Muscle mass, we start losing muscle mass quite rapidly over the age of 40. So, you know, little things that we can do. So look at the end goal. So I'm looking at 100. Um, I want to be independent. I don't want people to have to do things for me. I want my life to be long, healthy and happy. And as soon as I'm not healthy, I want to be out of here. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's the curve, right? So they, they explain it on the curve. And so at the moment, the curve for people is that, well, they get sick and they die years later. So people are sick for a long time. I want to be healthy and die quick. Yeah. So, um, and I, and the way to do that is actually for me is to exercise. And that's number one. It's been found research worldwide that that is the key to it. So for look at the end goal, what you want to do. So yeah. even for short-term goals for me, it's a marathon. That's just me. You don't have to run marathons. Yeah, yeah. So what do I need to do? So I've done 34 marathons now. And each time I learn, each time I'm nervous, each time I think I can't do it. But, you know, I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about my sleep, so much about my relationships, so much about my exercise, so much about strength training. So you learn all the time. So set a goal and then put all the different parts underneath it. Find someone else who's done it before you so you don't have to navigate gate the whole road yourself. Find a good coach. So for me, I have coaches in all different areas of my life. You know, I've got coach in, in my mental health. I've got a coach in my physical I've got a coach um I've also got a coach um who helps me with speaking so you know like find people that can help you and get you there um and also other people who might have similar goals similar goals to you Hmm. I think but break them into smaller goals when you have a coach like you need to find someone that you trust and stick with them rather than trying to cherry pick and compare and you find someone and you just go with them consistently for at least a while yeah absolutely you know I'm a coach and I know there's lots of other coaches out there so you usually connect with someone and when once again like when you find a running partner you need to be loyal to well I I believe you should be loyal to them because otherwise the trust dissipates and all of a sudden they lose interest much like a coach you know they've had valuable information and knowledge that they've been learning for many years so um and you're getting a lot of that wealth of knowledge that they're giving to you um in a much shorter time so then I think that you should um, reciprocate and be loyal um, to them but you know um, find other information as well but definitely um, if and also if you're trying to, a bit of this and a bit of that you're not really getting the value of anything it's like giving something a proper go like completely and then if it doesn't work try something else but yeah you're sabotaging everything if you I'll try this program along with this one and, yeah. and, and yeah. It, you know everyone wants a quick fix I want to lose weight in four weeks <laughs> yeah. well you know I want to yeah. do this now I want this and now I want this oh but she's looking like that so I want to look like her not it's like oh just slow down and concentrate yeah. on yourself and give yourself time yeah now you um you have a few taglines in your business one of which is we can all achieve wondrous things so what are some of the thing wondrous things that you've seen people achieve in your time so I've seen wondrous things of people coming out to exercise three times a week and haven't exercised for 30 years um, and transform their lives I've seen people um, who are well I made a movie about it I'm not a runner Um, and five of those stories are told in that movie I'm not a runner um, which people can find on Vimeo and there's some beautiful stories in there and one was um, a woman who was uh, at home uh, full of I guess, anxiety. She had three kids and she couldn't get out the door um, and she had never exercised. And it took her two years to come out to one of my exercise classes. She eventually did. Um, and she it transformed her life. She went back to work um, and um, she ran the New York Marathon. Um, so she found strength in herself that she'd never never had and confidence in herself that she'd never had before. But I've got, you know, hundreds as a, as a trainer, um, a long-term trainer, I've seen 
I would say thousands of those stories. That's why we made the movie because, you know, we're always watching what the media shows us, which is always the elite and always the beautiful. And that's, you know, 5% of the world, which is fantastic. And I celebrate them too because they do a lot of hard work. Yeah. But there are wondrous things that happen all around us all the time that need to be celebrated too. Mm. And I'll put a link to that video in the show notes. I went to the cinema to see that with running friends at the time. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, now, if people want to get in touch with you, because you do have a whole lot of fabulous services, uh, where can they find you? Probably the easiest one is AnnaLiptak.com. Mm-hmm. And everything. Yeah, so that's L-I-P-T-A-K. So AnnaLiptak.com. Yep, yep, yep. So everything's in the one place. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, when I asked you this question last time, uh, you were going to be like, what goals do you have? What are you doing next? You were going to be doing Berlin Marathon, but that was September and it's now the start of October. So how did <laughs> it go? Oh, Berlin was wonderful. It was a, a magnificent marathon. Um and uh, Berlin itself is so interesting and the marathon is enormous and spectac- spectators galore um, litter the streets. Um, so that was the first time I'd done that one and I took a group there. Um, we all had an absolute ball um, and, um, yeah, we we were very lucky because we met uh, Kipchoge and his running team while we were there. We, we ran around the park and then we met his coach and we met his running team wow. and they were really, really gracious to us and gave us time. And then they actually gave us tickets to their sold-out event so we got to meet them again. Um, so we we that was the highlight of the week, really. Anything other than the marathon after that didn't really matter. <laughs> um, so that was that was just wonderful. And um, Kipchoge actually shared out his photo with us on his social media. <laughs> so it, 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 that was a real, real honour, actually, to, to uh, do that. And also, you know, it really drove home the message that, you know, running is one of the only... Uh, events sporting events that you actually get to participate in the same event as your heroes yeah so you know as I was running I knew Kipchoge was in front of me and he was getting the same medal as me but he had to run you know an hour and a half faster than me yeah (laughs) Um, but you know we've ended up with the same same medal and he was just as excited for us as he was for him and um you know obviously he had he, he had the world on his shoulders so you know, it lightened the load for me because it really didn't matter what time I got. It did matter for him because the whole world was watching him. And he was he was completely cool and calm, as was his coach. You know, they were humorous and funny. And, um, you know, it put it all into perspective that we were there and we were privileged and very lucky and it didn't matter what times we got. Yeah, what a special experience. You've got... <laughs> it was. Yeah, that's amazing. A bit, I don't record these video, but you would have seen my jaw drop like, oh, my God, that's so wonderful. <laughs> uh, next month, November, you have New York Marathon coming up. And Paris, is that still going on? April next year? And that's London now. We did oh, Paris this now. year. Okay. okay. All right. Excellent. And so by the time you do those two, I'm going to take you, what, 39 marathons and you have a goal of 50, getting to 50 one day? Yeah, I really want to get my Abbott majors, so I want to get the six of those done. Um, yeah, yeah. So I've got four of them ticked so far. So yeah, that that's that's where I want to be. Um, but as I said, my my main goal is to end up at a hundred, um, and healthy and happy. So if my body starts uh, regressing from running in marathons, I will definitely take that off because I want to get to a hundred 
um, where my body is in shape and being able to be able to get up and down and ride my bike. So that's my end goal. If in between that my body starts breaking down and not enjoying the running, then it certainly doesn't have to get to 50. I've been keeping my eye on recently the little records that get broken by people like in their late 80s, early 90s. I think it was a world record an 88-year-old woman broke only a couple of weeks ago. I love seeing that stuff going, yep, yep. I want to be active like that when I'm older too. Uh, it's very well, there was one guy who came to Berlin with us. That's just made me think. He started running at 49. Yeah. Um, he's now 54. He ran it in two hours and 35 minutes, as fast as, you know, our Olympians, actually, our women Olympians. And he got first in the world for um, his age group in Berlin. He only started running at 49. So that's me now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people who are sitting at home thinking that they can't do things, you know, that's small steps. But, gee, he, he's, you know, a talent. If he hadn't started, he wouldn't have ever known that. Talent. And you can only just think, imagine what would have happened if he started when he was 20. Oh, yeah. I imagine. Um, so it, feel, it will feel really short for us. But I'm getting to that. Thank you for your time today, part of the show. So thank you so much for your time today and for um, a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> thank um, you it's always good to speak to you yeah and I'll uh, yeah I'll pull links in that I can of, of things that we've mentioned but it was really really great it was you know when I was thinking about who do I want to talk to about mindset it was that film I'm not a runner I'm like that's exactly what I'm after that sense that we can all get involved we can all make progress there's value for everyone and who you are and what level you're at really doesn't matter um if you want to yeah get get going you can yeah yeah absolutely people can do anything and they can achieve so much more than they actually think they can because of the stories we've been told or to ourselves or other people have told you you can just break from those stories because really you you know what's if you don't have a try at something you'll never know yeah yeah so yeah, so thank you so much for your time. Happy trails, everyone. <laughs>